Hi, folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Penn State Prehealth Podcast. We're now in season two. Woo! This week, we're going to be continuing a series that we started last season on our early assurance programs. This week, we are specifically going to be talking about our early assurance program with the Rutgers School of Dentistry. It is a wonderful program for our pre-dental students that have a strong affinity for Rutgers School of Dental Medicine or the people of New Jersey or want to sort of be in that Philly, New Jersey, New York region. So we're going to move through it, give you some good information, talk, give you some tips and tricks to really do well in this application and increase your chances of having a successful cycle through this early assurance program. So buckle up and let's get started. everybody. Welcome to the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast, the show to help all students on their path to acceptance. I'm Kimberly Johnson. I am joined by my co-podcast host, John Moses Bronson, and we're talking early assurance programs today, specifically the Rutgers Dental Medicine Yeah, last season we talked about the, the Hershey a.k.a. Penn State College of Medicine, Early Assurance Program. And that's where most of our early assurance applicants will apply to. But there's really wonderful opportunities for our dental students and our optometry students. And so, yeah, we're going to be continuing this Early Assurance Program discussion. And then in the future, we're going to hopefully be able to get some folks from campuses who have their own Early Assurance Programs to be able to talk about those as well. But we're going to stock, we're going to start with the ones that we know. Right. Right. And just for a moment of clarification here, when um, John says the campuses and their programs, so Penn State um, has many campuses across the Commonwealth. And thank you. I did not know the exact number. And those campuses can have their own agreements, early assurance programs with other schools that's available just to the students on their campus. Mm -hmm. And there are some disciplines that aren't that there are early assurance agreements for like the school of pharmacy at the university of buffalo but you can only do that if you are barren student so you know we're gonna try and tease these apart we have three at university park in the college of science those are the ones that we're talking about Uh, we're not experts on the other ones so you know when we do bring those up we'll be pulling some other people into the conversation because we want to give you the best possible advice from the experts. So Rutgers. Yeah. Great school of dental medicine. Very well known, very well respected. It's, you know, she's not new. It's not a new dental school. They've been around a long time. They have a good reputation and it's a, it's a pretty good match, I'd say, for our students at Penn State. There's a lot of synergy between the Penn State student and the Rutgers School of Dental Medicine student. I'd like to think that a strong Penn State student with a good preparation mm-hmm. in their pre-dental activities makes a really great applicant to Rutgers 
um, whether it's the early assurance program or through a more traditional route and timing. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, a good portion of our students will end up going to Rutgers. Um, and it's just because it's a good fit. So let's talk a little bit about the program, the application process. Let's start at the beginning. That's just a really nice, easy place to start. And that's what we're mostly going to focus on today. So I'm early, I'm, I'm interested in the early assurance program, John. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I'm making an appointment with my advisor in my first year to express my interest because I don't want to miss the boat here. And they say, slow down, slow down. (laughs) Yeah. Why is that? Well, you don't want to put all of your eggs in a single basket just yet. I think there's a lot of things happening here. One, you need to make sure it's the right fit for you. And the best way to have that insight is to get experience. You know, doing that early shadowing and those early exposures and having that breadth of experience is going to give you a depth of understanding, which is like one of my favorite Kimberlyisms, of what you're really looking for in a dental school. And does that align with Rutgers? That's really important because when you do early assurance, you're not saying, I want an early acceptance to dental school, period. You're saying, I want an early acceptance at Rutgers School of Dental Medicine. And that's where I intend on going. Right. And we're not thinking of it as a fast path. No. We're thinking of it as a really, really good fit and alignment of mission and values. Yeah. And and how they are living that mission, right? Rutgers as an institution, similarly similarly to Penn State, has a lot of community-driven priorities in how they live their mission, right? At Penn State, community is like one of our six core values. It's super important to who we are as a broad-based institution. And Rutgers is very similar. And they really want to serve the people of New Jersey. And that's a huge part of their mission as well. So I've got the academic prerequisites in front of me here. Yes. So if I'm a first year coming to talk to my advisor about Mm -hmm. the potential of applying to this program, um, hopefully I'm in Math 140 or Math 141. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, If not, we'll work up to that because there is time. Yeah. Bio 110, Biology 110. And maybe if I'm talking to my advisor in the spring semester, I've managed to get myself into Biology 230W, Mm -hmm. and I've gotten at least one of my chemistry classes under my belt. So Chem 110 and Chem 111, maybe, maybe if NSO worked out and Mm -hmm. we wiggled our way into a chemistry spot first semester, Chem 112 and 113. Are, yeah, currently being done. Yes. Those students are in a good place, right? You want to have eight of your 10 requirements roughly done before the end of your sophomore year. Now you can be in progress in that spring semester, but a student who's done that is in a really good position because it's, here's the thing that we rarely talk about with early assurance programs and things like this. We operate under the assumption that these things are fair This is a really big set of expectations for students, and it's not easy to accomplish these things, right? So we're not saying that you are a good student or a bad student. We're saying that for Rutgers to reserve a spot for you, these are the expectations that they have in place. Now, just completing these is not enough. You do need to have like 
at least a C or higher. You have to have a certain GPA requirement. Those things do flex and change every year. So refer to our website for the most up-to-date details on what those specific requirements are. But it usually floats around in the 3.5 to 3.6 to 3.7 area, depending on how many seats they may have available. I'd say nine years out of 10, it's usually 3.6. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for a student who has established their ability within the sort of life science Mm -hmm. area. Yeah. And then we're going to take it from there, right? We've got our academic foundation. What are we looking for next? So you want to sort of be on a good trajectory, not just with the academics. And these academic requirements, and there's 10, and again, you have to have eight of those 10. That is showing your academic trajectory. And that is certainly a very important piece of this puzzle, but it's not the only trajectory that's important, right? We talk about this all the time. If you're the best student on the planet, that's great. That's not a guarantee that you're getting into a program. You also wanna be on the right trajectory experiential wise, because you're gonna be submitting an application where you are talking about your experiences, Oftentimes, the questions that you're going to get asked about in the interviews are about your experiences. And if you don't have a lot to talk about, you're really going to struggle and probably not present yourself in the best way. The best way to really articulate your value and your promise is through really great lived experience. So if I'm a first year sitting there with my advisor and I know I need to get some experience in a dental office, Mm -hmm. but realistically, it's not going to happen until we get to summer. So Mm -hmm. let's say I've called up my dentist back home. They said, we'd love to have you in the office. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could work as an assistant for us. Mm -hmm. And so you have that job lined up for summer, but you're a go-getter. You don't want to just sit for the rest of the semester and spin your wheels. What sorts of things do we have on campus to Mm -hmm. start digging in a little bit into that idea of what dentistry looks like for you and maybe what? some of your student colleagues are up to. Right. So we've sort of talked about these first two really important pillars, our academic pillar. We've talked about this clinical professional pillar. Great. Two pillars do not hold up a structure, right? They're decorative. They are decorative. (laughs) We got to add another one in for some structural integrity. (laughs) You might have a porch, but it's got to be attached to another structure, (laughs) right? And so The next thing that we really want to talk about is your engagement. And this is sort of your community pillar. How do you operate within a community, right? We've already established that Rutgers is an institution that's very focused on this idea of community. So what do you look like? And so a lot of students think very singularly about community. And I think... Kimberly, in sort of the conversations that we have as an office, I think that you sort of articulate this idea of community really well. So you can, so can you kind of give our listeners a bit of an overview of the way in which they should be thinking about community involvement and engagement? So I always advise my students to think of the multiple communities that they're a part of. We aren't ever just part of one community. So Mm -hmm. um, when you come to Penn State, you have your Penn State community and that's a given. We know that one. And your parents are saying, hey, you know, go join a club. Your advisors are saying, you know, get out, meet your roommates, the people in your hall, go see what's happening this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, So the obvious one is your Penn State community. Mm -hmm. 
the one that we sometimes forget about is the state college community because, mm-hmm. of course, Penn State does not exist without state college. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things that are happening in the community that you can be a part of. Um, there's a lot of overlap between activities, so partnerships between the community of State College and the community of Penn State. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to expand past the confines or perhaps some small limitations of the university community. Yeah. And then do not forget that you still have your community back home. So even though you're not physically present now, you have roots uh, in that area, presumably. You went to high school there. You might have family there. You have friends there. You might be returning to a job there. It could even be a job that you've had for the past several summers. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a a well-known individual. You're part Mm -hmm. of the fabric of that community and they're excited for you to continue that relationship and bring back the new things that you're learning at school and Mm -hmm. off on your travels if you get to do at abroad or something like that so you have these multiple communities um, and you should try to stay active when appropriate Mm -hmm. in all of them yeah we when you become a dentist you don't just serve individuals you serve communities And so when we talk about this, we're not saying that like, hey, this is stuff for you to put on your resume. It'll look good. It is teaching you how to model the behaviors that you're going to want to see in yourself as a future dentist, right? These are building those skills of how do I connect with communities in a real way? And again, to sort of push you past this idea of like a checkbox mentality of like, all right, I got to do one thing on campus, got to do one thing in state college, one thing back home. Don't think of it as like, I got to do one thing. I'll just find something. Be thinking about what are the things that really matter to me? The things that really maybe not always excite you, but maybe they do excite you. Maybe they anger you and you want to do something about it that righteous anger of like this is crap and this should not be the way right so for a lot of our students those are things like community nutrition community health literacy and education for some of our students those are things like language barriers or sort of the the disparities that we see in communities of color maybe it's communities with intellectual or physical disabilities. There's all all these different ways for you to demonstrate who you are beyond just, I'm a good student. I know what I'm doing. And those things are great. But think of yourself as a pillar within the community. And that pillar is going to integrate itself into how schools, not just Rutgers, but all schools, if, you know, if Rutgers doesn't work out, but all schools should be looking at you and future, you know, residency placements within dentistry. Can I give an example? I love examples. So say you're thinking you want to go into pediatric dentistry in the future. While you're at school, Mm -hmm. um, maybe you take on the role of TA or LA so that you're really fine-tuning your ability to speak to different audiences, to take complex information and break it down in ways that individuals with different backgrounds can easily understand and learn. Mm -hmm. Um, When you get back home, say you're there for the whole summer, um, you've got a job lined up in a pediatric dental office, Mm -hmm. so you're getting some professional experience. Maybe you also then um, coach 
um, a, some sort of team for yeah. kids or maybe, you know, work in a, like at a gymnastics camp or something like that. Just yeah. honing your ability to interact with kids and the people who spend their time with kids, whether it's coaches or teachers or parents. Yeah. Um, it could be going in to a summer camp or a daycare and doing a little session with the kids on good dental hygiene in a way that's appropriate and approachable for kids. So not everything is taking care of the teeth of children. Mm -hmm. It's developing your communication skills, your ability to um, adapt your language to your audience, your ability to just get on the level of kids, but then also stand up there and have a conversation with their parents. Yeah. It's, this is such a great example because when we think of any population that's vulnerable, you have to adjust your approach to match them. That's what makes you relatable. It's what makes you likable. And when you are going and you're doing this interview with Rutgers, being able to talk about that, how you accomplish that, shows them what you could be like as a member of their community. And so they start to invest in you. And that's a good thing to do. They have such a deeper understanding of who you are as an individual when you can paint a really full story Mm -hmm. like that. So it's not just these bits and pieces that are checking off boxes for an application, but it's a sense of who you hope to become as a future Mm -hmm. dentist, as a future member of your community, as a representative of their institution. Yeah. And so if we think of this fourth pillar that I'm going to talk about is like a little confusing. Because it sh- it's going to shift and change shape depending on you individually as a candidate. For some of you, your fourth pillar, which is going to be like what's going to hold up your roof, maybe it looks like leadership. Maybe you're that person that loves to like lead a team and get big things done, accomplish those big things. And maybe that's your fourth pillar, right? That's great. Maybe you are someone who loves to create new knowledge. And maybe you develop your fourth pillar as research, Maybe you are really invested in social justice. Can you make that your fourth pillar? Or maybe you're like, dog, I really want to study cancer. And you make this like narrow, more narrow, like academic focus, this interesting fourth pillar, right? Because that academic pillar is going to look pretty much the same for everybody, right? They're looking at these core requirements that they have at this point, but this fourth pillar that you create is what is your your unique core because everyone should have the other three. It's basics. But this fourth one is a manifestation of yourself. And it it's it's honestly usually one of the most important. I think we can both attest, John, that you can't sort of divorce your personality from your work. Nor should you. No, absolutely not. So the important thing to think about is how is how are the unique elements of my personality and my personal background and my upbringing and my values going to show themselves in the way that I approach my career? Yeah. Okay. So we've done this good preparation and we have moved into our sophomore year and we meet all the requirements. We have the required GPA. We're in the progress or have completed all those courses with great grades. So spring comes around. Yeah. The email from our director goes out that yep. says, hello, everyone. You are receiving this email because you are eligible to apply to XYZ program. In this case, the Rutgers uh, yeah. Dentistry Program. Mm-hmm. Um what do I do next? Yeah. So when you get that email and it'll have these instructions in there, 
but you reach out to the director, Dr. Krejcevic, and she'll send you, or Dr. K. Krejcevic is a hard word to pronounce. We get it. And she does too. Um, you reach out and she'll send you the application materials. Most of it, pretty simple and straightforward. A lot of biographical information. But then there are these essays that you'll write, which is your opportunity to speak to that connection that you have with Rutgers. One of the most important pieces, because again, everyone's going to have that academic background, but how you construct the connections between your past and your experiences to these essay questions is what's going to make you be an exceptional applicant or not a great fit. So they're looking for you to tell them explicitly mm-hmm. why Rutgers. Yeah. Because by submitting this application, you're saying that there is no doubt in your mind mm-hmm. that Rutgers is the best possible dental program for you. Exactly. Because if you are to wait, mm-hmm. then and you apply in the regular cycle, you have the option of applying to so many schools. So they're going to want to know why it is that you think that you absolutely 100% should go to Rutgers. They don't want the reasoning to be because I just want this off my plate and yep. I, and then I know that I have a spot and That's I can not take it easy. To them. That's not attractive. That's not the <laughs> purpose of this program yeah. in their minds. Um, they want to know that you have an idea in your mind of how you are already living the life of a Rutgers dental student. Yeah. yeah. How you're going to walk right in there on that first day and be a meaningful part of their community. Great. You also want to be able to illustrate what you're going to do with the additional time that you have. This takes so much off of your plate in your junior and senior year. You better use it. Like dozens and dozens of hours are being gifted back to you and perhaps upwards of hundreds of hours, Mm -hmm. depending on how many schools you would have ended up applying to and how many secondary essays that would have been. You're being given a gift of not having to do this full application cycle. You've already got a lot of these expectations out of the way. What are you going to utilize that extra time to do? How is this gift of this offer going to help you enhance yourself even further to get even closer to being that wonderful first year Rutgers dental student. I was thinking of the exact same word. Yeah. It's, it's time that you can use to enhance who you are as an individual, Mm -hmm. as a future dentist. Um, It's not time to sleep more Mm -hmm. or, I mean, it's great if you can sleep more because you're not worried about (laughs) staying up to all hours to get a secondary application done or something. That's great, but that's not what this is. That's not what what you're doing here. Um, It's not for playing more video games. It's for saying this allows me to commit extra hours to this particular passion project that I have. Maybe I can study abroad. Maybe I can study abroad and get a more worldly perspective on how I want to meet the needs of my community. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to pick up a minor that you might not have otherwise been able to pick Mm up. Um, These are the sorts of things that they're looking to hear from you. Um, How is this going to enhance your life and enhance what you have to give back? Yeah, it's a it's a big 
like I, I said this earlier, it is a, it really is a gift. It's a gift of time and time is one of our most precious resources. Just a little bit of like, just weight off of your shoulders Mm -hmm. because you might have pursued that minor anyway, but it could have been really stressful and something that you would have enjoyed much more had you not been worried about time or meeting other expectations. Yeah. Maybe you can take additional responsibilities in a research lab or you can organize a community event, right? Maybe you, with a summer free of not having to do secondary essays and huge amount of application work, what are you doing with an entire four-month period that's untouched? Maybe you take the lead on setting up a remote area medical clinic. Yeah. Um, those do some really great work. Mm-hmm. Um, not, it, you know, the word medical is in its name, but I'm still not entirely sure why medicine and dentistry are uh, so separated in the, in the way that they are. But uh, those clinics mm-hmm. do actually provide a lot of dental care. Yeah, I would say. I'd say that's kind of the heart of it in yeah. many ways. It's a big piece of it because yeah. dental care is so much more difficult to access than medical care. Not that it, medical care is by any means easy to access, but dental care is just so much more difficult. So I think the last element that we need to touch on here really is connecting the dots mm-hmm. and communicating how this all fits together. So why dentistry? That's sort of that question that we were exploring in depth in our first year. Does this even make sense for me? What have I done that shows that this is the path for me? And then we say, okay, I've established that dentistry is the right path for me. Why Rutgers and not just why Rutgers, but why this early assurance program? What is it about the early assurance that makes so much sense for my particular path? And then in your application, you're looking to connect all of these dots. So you're not writing about each of these ideas and experiences in isolation. You're looking to draw a complete picture of who you are as a candidate. Mm -hmm. You want to do the work for them. You don't want them to have to do the work of putting the puzzle pieces together. Yeah. Once you do that, I think you're in a solid spot. Yeah. This is not the time for like nuance or like they'll get it. No. I I use the phrase ham fisted, which I don't know if that's a Northeast phrase or if that's like a Southern phrase, probably a Southern phrase by Kimberly's face. (laughs) Um, But like the idea of being ham fisted is that like you don't have like delicate little fingers where you're doing delicate little work. Like you need to be a little bit more aggressive and like upfront. Like if you think of someone who like uses their hands their whole lives, like they don't have small little delicate hands. They have like big, thick, worked. They have that strength there. You want to be strong in your convictions and in your articulation in here. So you want... You don't want to be cautious. You don't want to make inferences. Like, be direct. Be concise. And, and like Kimberly said, draw those lines. And don't do it like, like oh, they'll see that I'm, like, paralleling this and this. No, you tell them that you're pal- paralleling this and this. They're only going to read it once. Yep. If it doesn't come out to them, 
the first time, it's not coming out. They're not going to sit there and read it a couple times over. I mean, they might, but we go off of the assumption that they're going to read it once. I mean, we all know, regardless of our roles, that time is short. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of the reasons why you're doing this. So, um, you know, if we're going to buy into that idea, then we need to make an application that only requires someone to go through it once for them to really get your why. Yeah. And and going back to this idea that I brought up earlier, this is difficult. It's not impossible by any means. And, it's and not for by, everyone. It's not for everyone. And working with us will be very helpful because like, yeah, we downloaded our brains into this podcast, but like, this is going to be like half an hour. There's a lot more to talk about with your experience specifically and how you're articulating your story and your why and why records and why dentistry. These are series of conversations. And so please reach out to us. And if you're a listener from another institution, utilize your pre-health advising services. If you attend an institution where they don't have pre-health services, ADEA, AdSAS, I believe, has a find an advisor service, um, <clears throat> and they can get you connected to somebody in your region who can really help and support you to have these more in-depth conversations. When I think of my students who have been successful mm-hmm. in applying to one of these programs, we have had multiple conversations every semester from day one. Yeah. It hasn't been a check-in once per semester kind of situation. Mm-hmm. It's been a let's keep looping back. Let's keep evaluating what our progress is towards this goal, mm-hmm. whether this goal is still appropriate. Yeah. Because this is not something to hang on to just because you found it in an internet search late one night when you were worried about what this application situation was going to look like and you were feeling some pressure. This is not something that you just latch onto and then run with. You really have to show over time that you're dedicated to this future. It's a, it's a wonderful program. It's a great fit for many students. Like we said, it's not a great fit for all of them. And we can help you have that conversation. I would say if I talk to five students in a semester mm-hmm. about it, maybe in a year, I'll have one student who is a possible yeah. applicant. Yeah. And that's what it should be. Yeah. It's. Because it doesn't mean that all those other, those 10 other, those nine other students aren't going to be great dental school applicants Mm -hmm. in a couple of years. Most of them will be, I would say. But this isn't just a regular dental school application cycle. Yeah. You're you're really saying, like, I know I want to go to Rutgers. And that's huge. That's important. You know, one of the big reasons why our BSMD program, our PMM program between us and Sydney Kimmel is so hard to get into is because at like 17, you're being asked to say why one specific medical school. And most students struggle with that. Even at 22 or 25. Exactly. And so this is, this is not an easy or necessarily fair process, but it is a wonderful process for students for whom it's a great fit. So I think we've sort of like hit those big topics 
you know, there's always more to learn. Please refer to our website. I'll put a link to the early assurance page in the show notes um, for this episode. So you'll be able to look at what the current cycles requirements are, because again, they do shift and change. Historically, we had been a test required program. We have been test optional the last few years. We don't know if that's going to change in future cycles. So if you're a first-year student and you're thinking about, oh, I want to apply to this when I'm a sophomore, I love Rutgers, I'm from New Jersey, this is a great fit for me, it, it might not look the same when it's your turn to apply. So make sure that you're checking it and you know. And we try and be the most transparent that we can when we know that changes are coming or we're expecting changes, but... This is the school's playground. We're just pushing you on the swing. We didn't construct it. We didn't tell them where to put the swing set. We didn't even say that you got to play on the swings. They told us that you're on the swings. <laughs> it's their playground. We're just sort of we're helping you navigate. Yep. So thank you again for, you know, for all of you that listen to our podcast on a regular basis. Thank you so much for new listeners, especially our first year students. We're excited to be giving you some, some cool new content in this uh, season that we've just started. So, uh, you know, thanks again for coming to the Penn state pre health podcast. State Pre-Health Podcast is a production of the Pre-Health Advising Office and the Everly College of Science at Penn State University. It is produced, edited, and promoted by the Pre-Health Advising Team. The views, opinions, and advice shared during this podcast are that of the hosts and any guests only and do not necessarily reflect the best advice for every student at every institution for every health profession. This is a nonprofit podcast made for the purpose of better serving pre-health students across the university system. Thank you.